0: and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. God bless you. It's great to be. I don't know that I've been... This may only be my second adventure into Missouri. So I'm still expecting someone to say, show me, but I haven't heard... I haven't heard that yet. Hopefully you won't be saying that uh, after we finish this morning. Do I have a countdown clock? Okay, I can see what time it is. I was told I only have two and a half hours this first service, so okay. I wanna make sure I stay on target. Isn't, isn't that awesome? We We live in unprecedented times. Um, I'm a Jewish believer. That's that's my excuse. And um, it's been an amazing 40, almost 45 years now uh, of walking with Jesus, who I, I prefer his Hebrew name, Yeshua. There's just something about Jews in Hebrew. Is that okay? I, I think you're okay with that, huh? And And we're living now in a particularly... Amazing season where opportunities like you just heard are springing up all over the globe. But did you know that it's Jerusalem that welcomes Jesus to come and take up his place, his throne in Jerusalem? Matthew 23, verse 37 and following, he says this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. Look, he's not speaking to Israel. He's not speaking to the Jewish people who during his three and a half years of ministry received him by the thousands, tens of thousands. He's speaking to the religious leaders. They were the doorkeepers of the day who decided that they didn't want a Messiah that was a suffering servant. They wanted one who was going to throw Rome out. He said, look, your house is left to you desolate, and you will not see me again. Not Israel, not the Jewish people, you religious leadership, you whitewashed tombs, he said, in other places. Not only do you not enter in, but you block the door from others. He said your house is left to you desolate and you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so today with these unprecedented opportunities amongst a people, heaven is waiting to hear all of Israel declare and especially Jerusalem, Baruch Abba, B'Shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And part of the passion of my life is awakening the church, the body of Jesus in the earth today to a priority in their mission. When we read, and and I said it on the video, Romans 1, 16 and 17. I know you know it backwards and forwards in 18 different languages, but let me just remind you, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power, say power. It's the power of God unto salvation and it is for the Jew first and it's also for the nations. And I'm living in a day when there is an awakening bride who has put on her wedding garments and is anxious to see all Israel saved. I'm I'm delighted to let you know Pastor Chad has committed to drill two of these wells this coming year. They're like $20,000, $25,000 each one because these people live on rock. They live on limestone. They live on granite. And to find the water, you have to go very deep. And it's an awesome thing for me to partner with you here at Destiny Church and especially with Pastor Chad and Tasha. They've Become really wonderful friends in a very short amount of time. Okay, speaking of a short amount of time, I I won't um, I won't tell you about my first ec- extravaganza on ice on hockey skates last night. <laughs> as soon as we arrived, I heard there's going to be an ice skating deal going on. As oh. No problem. I played ice hockey through. I'm originally from Boston, and uh, and New Hampshire and Maine. So we grew up on skates. Take a stick off of uh, the the tree next to the pond and kill each other with the stick. So, I figured it's got to be just like riding a bike, right? Uh huh. Well, I haven't been on hockey skates for 45 years, and I strapped those things on and. And walking, you know, before you get to the ice, not bad. My ankles would, my anchors will hold, not an anchor, ankles. And I said, okay, this can't be, can't be that bad until I got to the ice. (laughs) Wow. And my wife is reminding me how many years it was since my first appearing and that bones uh, tend to, whatever, those dry bones of Ezekiel 37. So I got on the ice, so I said, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And anyway, I only went down once, but I went down hard. It was good. I, they heard my wife heard my head come off the ice from way over there. My feet went out from under, and I went, boom, boom, boom. And she stood up, and she went, that's right, dear. That's what I need, a critic right now. Can you do something about the blood on the back of my head? So I know that you've been in a series, and I believe today finishes it off, And I'm going to take a little bit of a different perspective on it, um, called The Cradle, the Cross, and the Crown. Now, because of the season that we're in, and, and being a Jewish believer, I'm going to focus on one particular part of this, the cradle. And since we're already singing Christmas carols, but if you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, excuse me, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. And I will do that quickly on my really cool millennial Bible, Genesis 12, 3. And we should have it up here. Wonderful. So I don't need all this technology. This is the Lord speaking to Abraham, his friend. His desire, the Lord's desire, since the beginning of time, has not been to raise a religious people, but to raise a family. When, when Pastor Chad says to me, you're called to mother and father, we, we know that. We love it. We have been doing it for quite a long time. We have two sons They are in the ministry with us, as well as working with Pastor Stovall and uh, Pastor Tim in Jacksonville at Celebration. Both of those guys, our sons, married Jewish believers, and now we've put them back in the will because they've produced offspring for us. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. We have three grandsons, three prophets, at least by name. And uh, so we've put our sons back in in the will. But the Lord has been raising a family so that we could fulfill the prayer that Jesus taught us as he taught the people there um, in the Galilee when they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. The famous Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he said, pray this way, our Father, you can't be a father unless you have children, right? It's the very definition. And this Hebrew word Abba is found in many different languages in the same kind of form. In Arabic, it's Av. Uh, there's there's a, a real partnership there with Hebrew and Arabic. And don't forget that to love Israel is also to love our Arab brothers and sisters. To love Jerusalem is to love our Chinese brothers and sisters. To love Jerusalem is to love our Zimbabwe brothers and sisters. And so he taught us to pray, Our Father, Daddy, you're in heaven. Holy, separate other is your name. But here's what we desire. Let your kingdom come. Mm. What does that look like? And let your will be done. Here on earth, you know these next three words? Say it with me. As it is. So who's gone up into heaven as if to bring him down? One of the famous Psalms, Psalm 24. Who's gone up to heaven as if to bring him down to teach us or to show us? What is it like in heaven? Well, we celebrate, we celebrate during this time of year, the very one who was not brought from heaven, but he was sent. And so this is, I believe, what God has been after for all of these millennia. Can I find a people? Can I find a friend like Abraham who says, Lord, whatever you want, Whatever I am, whatever I have, it's yours because we call that covenant and it provokes an amazing response from Jehovah, if I can use that name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Make of us a family as you are there in the heavenlies. So this is the one who's speaking to Abraham. And I command that clock to slow down. (laughs) And so God speaks to Abraham and he says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. How in the world? Is he going to accomplish that? He's tried other times to have a family and have a people of faith, and they failed, and eventually he just even wiped the whole thing off the slate. He took his big eraser and wiped it clean and starts again with Noah, and there's covenants and plans with him. And then along comes this guy from the Ur of the Chaldees. His name is Abram and he changes his name to abraham again father how is he going to do this so let me go back to my notes and see if i can stay on target genesis 12:3 i will bless those who bless you and through you every family will be blessed how does he plan to bless every family. Let's go to Micah, the prophet Micah. He was born around the year 720 B.C. His contemporaries are Isaiah and Hosea and Amos. And during these days, this terrible days for Israel, the Assyrian army has come in and overtaken uh, this land of Israel, and it's really tough days. But in the midst of it, this book of Micah, actually in the Hebrew is Mika, and um, it just reminded me this morning that there's a prayer that we that we say every week in synagogue. It's Mika Mocha. Mika Mocha, who is like you among the gods? Mika Mocha Be'elim Adonai, who is like you, O Lord? Among the gods. And this is the meaning of the prophet Micah, who is like God. During these terrible days, he's prophesying. They have really bad leadership during these days. I won't even go there. Can we go to um, uh, Micah? Do you have that slide for me? And um, chapter 5 and verse 2. But you... Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he, this ruler, shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of the brothers shall return to the people of Israel. Oftentimes, when God reveals a plan, there are treasures, there are secrets hidden, and not everything is right out there in front of you. But this prophecy from the prophet Micah tells us that a ruler is coming forth and that the Hebrew for ancient of days, it has the sense of, Time that has disappeared. It's a time in the past that goes beyond recollection. This one who is from the ancient of days, he comes from time beyond time. You know, some of the critics, and often we sit and share with our Jewish brothers and sisters, occasionally a rabbi, and they want to tell us that we're, we're believing amiss that some of these, what we call messianic prophecies, of which this is one of the most profound in my understanding, is talking about someone else. It's talking about a ruler that's coming along, that's going to throw off the Assyrians and do, do, do. But you, you can't go word for word, line for line, with that kind of a thinking because this is so spectacular. He says that there is one who is going to come from Not only from the time beyond time, but he tells us where he's going to appear. He's coming to a city called Bethlehem. This city Bethlehem, during the days of Jesus, there were five cities in the land of Israel called Bethlehem. It was a very popular, it's like having main street. You know how many cities in America have a main street? But that word Bethlehem is actually two Hebrew words, Bet Lechem. It means house of bread. Now, this city, Bethlehem, is really a pretty amazing place. At the time of Jesus, there are five cities called Bethlehem, but the prophet Micah says, It's not just gonna be any of those cities. It's gonna be the Bethlehem that is in Judea. It's gonna be the Bethlehem that's about five and a half miles from Jerusalem. It's the Bethlehem where the Passover lambs are raised. This was a city close to the temple that would raise these lambs. They had to be one year old. You know the story. They had to have no blemishes, no torn ears, no bad stuff. And this city, Bethlehem, raised these Passover lambs. Isn't it interesting? What a coincidence that Jesus the Messiah prophesied thousands of years before he appears is born in this city In the exact Bethlehem, at the time, now take this or leave this. There's a lot of um, arguing or debate over the time that Jesus appears. I, I don't have the time to take you through what designates an appointed time, but it's on page one of your Bible. There are appointed times that God set apart. He spoke about it on the first page of the Bible. He put his own calendar in the heavens, and they were to mark times. They were to mark, in the Hebrew, it's oat. It is marvelous, unusual, miraculous things, events, and to mark seasons. And that word is moedim, which is appointments, and those are designated throughout the scriptures. It's actually a calendar of life on earth as it is in heaven. And if we had a week of seminars to be able to go through this, I think you would be fascinated by the calendar that God has given to us. This is another thing that I believe the people of God in this day are awakening to, that there is a heavenly calendar on earth As it is in heaven. For instance, slow that clock down. Did you know that a heaven day starts with rest? Right on the first page of our Bible. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and morning the second day. Six days that have numbers and there's only one that has a name. That is Shabbat, Sabbath. It starts Friday evening at sundown, and I'm not saying any more about it, except it's the only day in creation that gets a name. And do you know what Shabbat, Sabbath means? Cease. Cease. There is a calendar in heaven where everything goes shh. I know you've got to fix the... I know you've got to get the... I know that the kids need... And I just personally believe that if we paid more attention to in heaven, that we would have a lot more order, a lot more joy, a lot more peace. It's coming. The Prince of Peace is coming, and he's going to establish his kingdom but why don't we practice now? Uh, it's just a just a thought. So, where was I? Uh, gosh, this mm. Bethlehem. Some of the some of the amazing things about Bethlehem that it's a it's a city where uh, Rachel's tomb is kept, the the beloved wife. Of uh, Jacob. Why does that keep bouncing back? Is there's technology? It's the city where the famous Boaz was born, the kinsman redeemer who marries a Moabite. This was a very unusual thing that a a Jew of high standing will marry a non-Jew, and she comes into the royal line of the king of kings happens in Bethlehem. Jesus at his birth there in that city where the Passover lambs are being raised and kept and tended. In fact, the tower is still there today where the, the shepherds would be watching from that tower to make sure that none of the predators came into to take any of the lambs. That tower is still there in the field of Bethlehem, where Jesus himself was born and raised. It's the birthplace of David Ben-Jesse, who was then later in that same city of Bethlehem, anointed king of Israel by the prophet Samuel. It's also uh, the city that Rehoboam, David's grandson, fortified after the the split of the um, the kingdom, and on and on and on. Can you bring up for me Isaiah 9 verse 6? And then I want to go to the uh, music video, the lyric video. I love coming to church to watch movies. It's one of my one of my favorite things to do. Isaiah 9:6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. That word son in the Hebrew is the word ben, and it means restorer of the family. A son, a restorer of the family. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. I won't give you all the all the Hebrew terms. You'll hear it in this lyric video in just a minute. But that wonderful counselor means one who will bring peace and godly counsel answering all your questions. Isn't that amazing? His name will be the one who answers all the questions. El Gibor, mighty God, everlasting Father Peleoetz and Prince of Peace. That word peace, of course, is the word in Hebrew, shalom. It's, It's more than peace. It carries this sense, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing out of order. This is his job. So when we receive him, he takes all of those scattered pieces and he puts them back together, a place of wholeness, stability. Peace is more than the lack of strife. There is a wholeness here in Shalom that speaks of on earth as it is in heaven. I just released this past week a new music video. When I got saved, I was working on a master's degree at Indiana University um, because I wanted to be a cantor, a traditional cantor in the synagogue, and an opera singer. Uh, After undergraduate school, I moved to Italy. No, I didn't speak Italian. No, I didn't have a lot of money in my pocket. I worked double shifts in a paper mill in North Jersey owned by the mafia. I can tell you that now because the the mafia boss is dead. And so I worked double shifts making really good money back in in those days, 1870, whatever date that was. And... uh, back when I could ice skate. And I moved to Italy in order to study Italian opera and voice and lived with an Italian family who spoke no English, really pressed myself to do this. But there in graduate school, when I finally got there, a young lady who was my accompanist, as a music student, a voice student, you had to have a piano player to assist you. And so um, they threw us all in a room, the voice students and the piano students, they threw us all in a room on the first day of grad school and we had to find each other. So I did what any red blooded American 27 year old Jewish guy would do. I stood on a chair and I looked over the flock And I said, there's a pretty one right there. Because they can all play piano. I mean, it might as well be, you know, nice to look at, you know, when you're... So what I didn't know that she was a PK and her dad was a Baptist preacher in southern Georgia. And she had the accent to go with it. So, So one day early on in our studies, she said, Paul wouldn't you like to go to church with me? Uh, I said, well, sweetheart, I'd like to go anywhere with you. (laughs) I didn't really care. You go to the grocery store, the hardware store, I didn't care. Go ice skating? Yes. She didn't want to ice skate. So she took me, I went with her to church, and I heard a sound. I'm very tuned into sounds. What got me saved was I, I actually had an encounter. I heard the footsteps of Jesus walking with me. I, I can still, every time I speak about it, the, the sense of that presence grabs me. That day obviously changed my life for the rest of my life, but I, I heard a sound. From that moment on, I determined that my voice—I was not going to use it to build a career in opera and sing at the best uh, synagogues in the world, which was my purpose in those days—but that I would use my voice <clears throat> to glorify the King of all kings. And my purpose was then to be able to capture and release the same kind of a sound that I heard that day at church that changed my life. The guy that I heard sing that day was a guest, and uh, he eventually led me to the Lord. The story is too long. But this past Friday, we just did a new version of a very familiar Christmas carol. I changed a couple of the words, uh, but I I want to, before my time runs out, let's go ahead and run that. Instead of me singing it, this is my daughter singing with me as well. Child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. what does the cradle, the cross, and the crown all have in common? It's our hearts. It's our hearts. Our hearts, once we declare, Jesus, you are Lord. Romans 10, 9, and 10, if we confess with our mouth, Yeshua, Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that God's raised him from the dead, we are Saved, that word saved is his name in Hebrew. The name Yeshua means salvation, wholeness. These, these are, are not coincidences, obviously. They're designs of heaven to awaken the hearts of men to a Father God who loves his creation and wants to have a relationship With us. If you'll take, you have the little communion cups with you there at your seats. I'm going to close with this. The cradle. It's why I spent so much time on Bethlehem today. Bethlehem. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, He is the bread of life of heaven he was born in the city of bread the house of bread at that last passover he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples he said this is me the one who came from heaven who was born in the house of bread this is my body And so what about the cross, your heart again, this relationship with Jesus only this time when we make covenant, when we receive him, we're the ones who die. We're the ones who are crucified with him. The cradle, the cross, and the crown. And when we say yes, and he is, in effect, born again into our spirit, man, into our lives, we die with him. And then he takes up his place in our hearts on the throne that we once occupied. And he wears the crown. So what he says is what we do. What he does is what we do. Even as he said in John chapter 5, when they said, okay, you're the Messiah, show us the Father. And his famous response, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And friends, today as we make this covenant afresh, with the bread of heaven, Jesus the Messiah recognize that the world should have the right to say, if I see you, I expect to see the Messiah that lives inside of you. Yeah, wow, right? Which oftentimes causes me to get on my face and say, Lord, please, do more I need more of you. I obviously need more of you. So at that last Passover Jesus was sitting with his friends at the table and I I want to take just a couple extra minutes to show this to you because it's important because every time we take communion or the Lord's Supper, It's reflecting back to that Passover, which also reflects back to the Passover of Moses where God established a family. He called out a slave people out of Egypt. You know the story very well, the book of Exodus. But did you know this? That in the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus, there was also a mixed multitude, it says in the Hebrew, who came out with slaved Israel. Egyptians came to be a part of this new family. Assyrians came with them to be a part of this family. This is the story of Boaz and Ruth in Jerusalem at the, in that city of Bethlehem. When a, a royal Jewish family marries a non-Jewish family, this has always been about for God so loved the world. This has never been because God so loved the Jewish people. He just needed someone who would believe him and would demonstrate on earth as it is in heaven. And it hasn't changed. It's what he's looking for today. Will we be a family of God? Loving one another, loving the lost. And so at that last Passover that Jesus celebrated here on earth, He took this bread. Now, this is special bread. It's unleavened, matzah. It has no yeast, which the Apostle Paul taught us is the symbol of sin. And so Jesus, sitting at this Passover, normally would have unleavened bread. But at every Passover table... And the way that Jesus demonstrated this new covenant, there is a special grouping of bread. There's bread all over the table. It's a family feast, a celebration, a remembering of a great deliverance. But there are three sheets of matzah that are set apart and they're wrapped in a white linen cloth. And at the beginning of the Seder meal, this uh, bread is unwrapped. Pardon me for being clumsy with a handheld microphone. The bread is unwrapped. And a very strange thing happens. The middle loaf, there's three loaves that are wrapped together. Three. This happens, remember, at every Jewish household. Why three? Three. And the middle one is removed from the other two. Why the middle one? This is one of those Passover mysteries that many of my Jewish friends say, I don't know, it's just the way we always do it. How about Father, Son, Holy Spirit? How about the Son is removed from the other two? And then the bread is broken? and part of it remains on the table and the other part is wrapped it's hidden it's buried it's hidden in the house and it comes back at the end of the meal it's given a new name It's called afikomen, which means, I will come again. This is the bread. At the end of the meal, in the Gospel of Luke, it says, After supper, he took the bread. What bread? There's a lot of bread on the table. It was this bread that had been removed from the other two, broken, wrapped, buried, hidden away. And now it's the end of the meal. And here comes this mysterious bread. And Jesus unwrapped it. And he said, this, this is my body, which I'm now giving for you I was born in the house of bread I am the bread of life this is my body I was I'll be wrapped and buried but I will come again and then he broke it and he blessed it take your bread with me and he probably said these words. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. You are the king of the universe and you bring forth bread from the land. And then he broke it and he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat. All of you receive the bread of heaven from the house of bread, the body of our king. And your Bible says, in the same manner, he took the cup. There are four cups at a Passover meal. Each of them has a name. They refer to a promise. There are four promises in Exodus chapter six. The third promise is called the cup of redemption. The promise is, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. When it came time for the third cup, which was after this bread, Jesus took the cup and he said, my friends, this is the cup of redemption. I am the outstretched arm of the father. I will redeem you. This is the cup of my blood, the promised new covenant through the prophet Jeremiah, Isaiah and others. This is my blood. When you receive this, I come and live in you. I mark your house as a sanctuary for my presence. Your heart is a cradle where I am born into your life. Your heart is a place where you are crucified with me and you die. And a new creation appears I sit on the throne of your life, wearing a crown, and you belong to me. You belong to me. You belong to me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, you're the king of the universe. And you bring forth the fruit of the vine, the fruit of new life in you. Lord, we receive you today. We thank you, Lord, for your life alive inside of us. Come and reign. Rule on the throne of our hearts. Be king for us today. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in us even as it is in heaven. And we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive the cup of the new covenant in his blood. Hallelujah. 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 Can we give the Lord some thanks in this place this morning? Can we just give him a thank you? Pastor, would you come? Uh. I'm so grateful for this relationship here with you, Destiny Church and Pastor Chad and Tasha and so many of you that we've met just over the last couple of hours. We're looking forward to a growing relationship, and I look forward to coming back and relearning how to ice skate.
1: Praise it. Thank you so much. You're good. And let's just, will you pray over them? I just want you to pray a prayer of blessing over our families. Um, Husband and wife, if you're together, would you just take hands? I just, I just want you to pray a prayer of blessing over couples. I'm moving into the new year. You know, as I know, as many of us do, the family is under attack and uh, I just really believe the Lord wants to raise up Christian families but not just Christian families that go to church but Christian families that lead their families in the ways of the Lord and that verse you read from John chapter 5 really struck a chord in me today I've always read that from the perspective of Jesus saying that if you've seen me you've seen the Father but we're to represent that and my prayer is that that our families when people see our families they would see the kingdom of God and so could you just pray that prayer in his families could you just receive that blessing and just allow and ask the Lord to do that in your family that you as husband and wife would represent the kingdom of God that your kids would represent the kingdom of God that when people see you they would say what do you have and so I just really believe that today. Could you just pray that prayer blessing over our families here today? Yeah. It's a privilege.
0: In fact, I'm gonna ask you to stand. There's there's one prayer that I know in all of Scripture that our Father commanded to be prayed over his people. And he said in Numbers chapter 6, when you do this, speaking to Moses and to Aaron, he said, when you pray for my family, when you pray for my dads and moms and sons and daughters, he said, I'll do two things when you speak these words. He said, first of all, I will place my name on them. And second of all, he said, I will bless them. The blessing of the Lord that makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Can you imagine a life of blessing with no sorrow? That is the promise of our Father. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Ya'er Adonai And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, turn his face toward you and give you his shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing out of place. Yisah Adonai veasemlecha shalom. Father, may we carry your family name well. May we represent you to a lost, dying, hungry, starving world. May we bear your name as sons and daughters with distinction and honor, that you would even say, this is my family and in them I am well pleased. Be Messiah, be King, be Lord over us. We submit our lives to you and we give you thanks, Father. Beshem Yeshua in Jesus' name, amen.